Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. I'm so glad that I can spend time with you in this teaching. Actually, the Word of God has changed my life, and I consider the Word of God is the standard of my life. I would like to teach you the subject of discovering my God-given calling. So let us pray together and ask the Lord to teach us. This will be the first session, and please continue to come back to learn the Word of God together, Father. We commit this time to you, Lord. We ask you to anoint me, to anoint my brothers and sisters who are listening to this teaching, Lord. And I believe, Father, you will speak to them. You shine the light of heaven on their heart, and they will understand. They receive the revelation, and they will mix your word with faith, and they will put your word into practice. We thank you, Lord. We ask for more grace in our life, Lord, so that we can serve you, and we can, Lord, follow the calling that you have given to us, Lord. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. The Bible say in the book of Ephesians, chapter two, verse ten, for we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, for good works, which God. Prepare beforehand that we should walk in them. The Bible say that God created us. We are wonderfully and fearfully made by Him, and He give us gifts, talents, experiences, personality, and all the good things in our life, so that we can do good works for Him. As believers, we. Have a unique personality, unique giftings, and unique experiences, and we should find the calling that God has for us. Every committed disciple of Jesus Christ should discover his or her calling that comes from the Lord, and that calling will lead to his or her ministry or the life of service. I am very convinced that we must first be committed to the membership in a local church family, and we must be committed to the development of spiritual maturity. With these two things, being a good, faithful, committed member of a house of God or a family of God, and keep growing spiritually. With these two, will help us to really find our calling, and we can do the work of God, and we will be ready for the ministry that God called us to do. The Lord really loves His church. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ is His body or His family. Therefore, when you love the Lord Jesus, you love the church, and you want to join into a good biblical spirit. Build local church, and in that church, you 
show your faithfulness, your commitment, your teachability. You are teachable. God will teach you, train you, correct you, and you will grow spiritually, so that you can find your calling and you can get involved in the ministry that God calls you to do. Ephesians chapter four, verses eleven to twelve, the Bible say, "And he, mean Jesus himself, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, which means the church, the local church." This scripture tells us that the five four ministry. Gifts. These are believers who have been anointed by Jesus to do the work of the ministry in the leadership level in the body of Christ: apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. These leaders are like the trainer or the administrator, and church members, brother and sister in the church. Are ministers or servants of God. God used apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teachers to teach you, to train you, and to help you to discover who God has made you to be, and what God has made you to do. In other words, He has a calling for your life to be and to do, to be like Jesus. And to be what he wants you to be, and also to do what anoints you, equips you, and give you ability to do. Church members do the ministry, but the fivefold ministry leaders prepare and train God's people for the work of service or the work of ministry. This is why it's so important to join a good local church. Where the pastor and leaders in that church understand their roles and train you and give you opportunity to grow in your gifts, grow spiritually, and get involved in the ministry for the Lord Jesus Christ. You should not be just pew warmers sitting there, come in on Sunday and then leave and go home and do nothing in the church. You are trained, like in the medical school. I was trained to be a neurosurgeon. In the church, you are trained. You get involved. You show your faithfulness. You are teachable, and you receive correction. You see example of other people who have been faithful in serving the Lord. This is why the ministry is related to the membership and the spiritual maturity. What God created you. To be determines what he intends for me to do. What God created you to be also determines what he intends you to do. You will understand the purpose that God created you for when you understand the kind of person you are. This is why in this lesson we're gonna learn what kind of person you are, and what kind of calling and life of service you have, specifically for you, in a unique way. We have to know 
the will of God for our own life. We should know the calling that God has put on our life. Our ministry determines by whom God makes us to be. And when you know the purpose God created you for, you realize what kind of person you are, and then you can really start to serve God and receive the fruitfulness, blessing, and fulfillment in your heart. God created birds to fly and fish to swim. In the same way, God created us to be what He wants us to do. And if we do what God created us to be, we will be very fulfilled, and we will receive the rewards in heaven. We're gonna have big and fullness of rewards in heaven because we are doing what God called us to do while we are living on this planet Earth. God's plan and purpose for our life is so important, and we need to know His plan, His calling, and His purpose. Our God is a good God. He is very consistent in His plan for each of our lives. He would not give us inborn talents and temperaments and spiritual gifts and all sorts of life experiences, then not use them. He offered to us. He provides for us the talents, the gifts, the experiences, the temperaments and personality, so that. We can do what he called us to do. We're going to study all these things together in this series of teaching, and I pray that you will find out the calling that God has for you, and also the ministry He anoints you to do. He created you in a unique way, and He intends for you to serve Him. And as you serve him faithfully, you are storing up treasure in heaven. You are building the kingdom of God by knowing who you are and doing what God called you to do. I believe this lesson is so important for all believers. God gives us gifts, talents, experiences, personality, backgrounds, education, anything, all the resources. So that we can use them for His plan and purpose, we need to discover our talents, our gifts or spiritual gifts, personality, so that God can fully use us while we are living on this planet Earth. Your ministry is determined by your makeup, your unique makeup, and when you find who you are and you serve Him according to His calling. Definitely, two great results shall happen to you. These two great results are fruitfulness and fulfillment. In the book of John, chapter 15, Jesus said, "I want you to be fruitful. How can we be fruitful if we don't serve God and we just stay home doing nothing, put our talents and gifts under the ground and never use them? We need to find our calling." And we use the gifts and talent to serve the Lord, and we can be very fruitful. And not only that, we will be fulfilled in our heart. Money cannot give us fulfillment. Big house, nice car cannot give us fulfillment. I'm very fulfilled right now. 
actually for many years. I have been very fulfilled in my heart because I discovered that I was created to be a pastor, to be a teacher, to be the shepherd of his flock, and I have been using the gifts and talents I have. Oh, I never feel like dragging my feet to church, and I'm doing my job in preaching and taking care of God's people. I feel that I'm doing what God created me to be. I enjoy. I'm happy. My life worth great things in the kingdom. I happy and I'm very full of peace and joy because I know who I am, and I know what God calls me to do. When you discover what God made you to be, and begin to do what God calls you to do, you will be very fulfilled, and you shall be very fruitful. Fulfillment comes from service, not from position or status. Some Christians are frustrated; they're not very happy. They drag their feet to church. They sit there, no smile, no peace, because they live. For themselves, they never discover their calling, their ministry. They never find out who they are, and what God created them to do. They just need to find their ministry, find their calling, and serve in that ministry. And they will be fruitful, and they will be very fulfilled. And in eternity, they will have lots of rewards in heaven. In New Hope International Church. We focus on an individual approach to ministry, rather than an institutional approach. Yes, the church also is an institution, and we have plans and program and administration. We have different departments: departments of pastoring, department of evangelism, department of children program, youth program, mission. We have different departments. We have different ministry, but in a practical way, we don't use institutional approach. We want to find out what kind of calling, what kind of gift, talents, passion that each member has. God put all these things in them, and we try to help them to serve the Lord according to who they are, not according to the Institutional program. The institutional approach is an approach that is centered around the church department. The church operating by institutional approach makes a large list of jobs that need to be filled in and done. Then the church finds member to fill in those jobs. The church say we have many jobs to do. We need to find people to fill the jobs. It doesn't matter what they match the job or not. That is institutional approach. But we don't want to do that way. We want to center around people and each individual's uniqueness and calling. Our goal is not to build an institution. Our goal is to build a family, to build God's people's life. We want their life to flourish, to be fruitful, to be effective. And to be fulfilled, we want to help God's people to develop their gifts, their talents, and 
find their calling and serve God according to their calling. And when that happens, the church will be very strong, healthy, and full of glory. Why do we study this lesson? Because we want you to really discover your unique calling and the design that God has put in your life, so that you will know what to do in your life for God, and you can commit to do the ministry that God called you to do. And not only that, you will be committed to develop and use your God-given gifts, abilities, and experiences in serving Him, serving others, serving the church, and serving this lost and dying world. So I hope that you will really discover your calling, your gifts, your talents, and you will begin serving in the ministry of your church that best expresses what God made you to be. I pray that you will discover your primary calling and your primary ministry. God make you to be this way, and you're going to do the things He created you to do, your primary calling and ministry. But there is also secondary ministry. What does it mean? So first of all, we need to spend our maximum time and energy in developing our gifts and calling and our talents in the ministry that expresses who we are, who God created us to be. But in addition to that, we should have the heart of a servant. We are willing to serve anything we can. i give you an example. After the end of the care group meeting in my care group, I helped to put the chair back. I helped to pick up some dirt on the ground. Even though my primary calling is a pastor and also teacher, but I'm happy to do secondary ministry. I know that I don't have the gift of service or help that much, but I'm willing to do whatever I can to be example for my brothers and sisters. I use my gifts for my primary ministry, but at the same time, I'm using everything that I have in my life. To serve in the secondary ministry, we should all have a serving heart, and we should all say to God, "Lord, give me a serving heart. I'm willing to help. I'm willing to serve. I'm willing to do anything to build Your church and to build Your kingdom." Definitely, I know, Father, that I have a primary calling and primary ministry, but I'm willing to serve. In anything that you call me to do, or to put my hand out to help people, I want to be the blessing to other people. What is ministry? All of us were created uniquely, and God has a calling for our life. And our uniqueness, our gifts, talents, experiences, backgrounds, determine what kind of ministry. We gonna participate in. What is the ministry? The Greek word for ministry is diakonos, which means to serve. 
Ministry means using whatever God has given to me to serve Him and to serve the needs of others. We minister or we serve in three directions. You look at the cross, vertical part and horizontal part, and the horizontal part have two side. This one, two side. So. Three things we need to do: upward to God, and the horizontal part go both way, right and left. Number one, we minister to the Lord, vertical upward. We serve the Lord. Acts chapter thirteen, verse two. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, "Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work." To which I have called them. When you worship the Lord, when you go to church, serve the Lord, you are the usher. You help moving the chair, greeting people, taking care of children, or you help in the sound system or video team, worship team. You go there and smile and pray for people, show love to people. You worship the Lord that way. You go and sing and serve the Lord. In your local church, you are ministering to Him, so you minister to the Lord. Number two, you minister to other believers, your brothers and sisters in Christ. Hebrews chapter six verse ten say, "For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown toward His name, in that you have ministered to the saints." And do minister, so you minister to brother, sister in the church, other believers. For example, for me, I minister to the believers by writing lesson, preparing the teaching, preach on Sunday. I minister the teaching ministry to the saints. Some people minister to me by helping me in video ministry. Or carry a luggage for me when I went on a mission trip. They minister to me. They serve me. They help me. We minister to each other, the believers in the body of Christ. Number three, ministering to unbelievers. Matthew chapter five verse thirteen. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how? Shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. So we minister to the lost and dying world, our unbelieving relative, unbelieving friends, co-workers, or classmates, or strangers, or guests who come to church and they are not believers yet. We minister to them. We smile to them. We take them out for dinner. We love them. We pray for them. We serve them. We minister to God, minister to believers, and minister to unbelievers. And we minister to other people and to God in three areas of need. Number one, to people's physical needs. Matthew chapter twenty-five verses thirty-five to thirty-six. And verse forty, for I 
was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. This is the ministering to the physical need that Jesus talked about. Verse 40, And the king will answer and say to them, As surely I say to you, Inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these my brethren, you did it to me. You serve the Lord by serving other people, serving Christian brother and sister and people in the world. Matthew 10:42, And whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple, as surely I say to you, he shall by no means lose his reward. In every ministry we do, we will be rewarded by God. God is fair. He will not use us for free. He will provide for us, take care of us, and reward us when we serve Him faithfully. In fact, I have been serving the Lord for almost 40 years now. I had two jobs. One job is neurosurgery that I get paid from my clinic. Another job, I serve God in the church as a full-time pastor for free. And now I have been retired from medical work or neurosurgery work. And I can see that God still take care of me financially. He still look after me, provide for me. I learned that God never used his people for free. He will reward us on earth and in heaven, both the material rewards and also heavenly reward. So we minister to people's physical needs. Not only that, we minister to people's emotional needs. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 14. Now we exhort you, brethren, Warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, be patient with all. In this world, people around you have different kinds of emotional needs. Some people need words of encouragement. Some people are discouraged and sad. They may lose their loved ones or they may lose their job or they become sick and they get really depressed, we respond to people different needs in a different ways. And we minister to them, help them, pray for them, show love to them, visit them. We can give counseling, we can give words of encouragement, we pray for them, we bless them. We want to minister to people's emotional needs. Some people are very lowly, you call with a pure heart and say, Brothers, we care for you. How are you doing? We pray for you. Can we go out to have coffee together? So we minister to people's emotional needs. Not only that, we minister to people's spiritual needs. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. The spiritual need, the first thing is that we help people to get right with God, 
to be reconciled to God, to have relationship with God, to know God, to walk with God, to walk by faith, to obey God, to serve the Lord. We help people to grow spiritually, to be set free from demons, to be set free from curses and sin and bondages. We help them spiritually. This is why I love to teach the Word of God because the Word of God will help people spiritually, and we love to lay hand, passing or imparting the fire of God into cast demon out, to set the captive free, to take away the curses and bondage from people's life, and we love to bring the presence of God into the church, so that the glory of the Lord can. Really help people physically, emotionally, and spiritually. The blessing of God flow down from heaven. Colossians chapter one verses twenty-eight and twenty-nine. Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom, that we may present every man perfect in Christ. Spiritual need help people to grow spiritually until they attain to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. To this end, I also labor, striving according to His working, which works in me mightily. The Apostle Paul talk about God uses him to minister to people, to help people to grow spiritually, and to become more like Jesus Christ. So the ministry of reconciliation, the ministry of helping people to be saved, to be reconciled to God, to be blessed, to be set. Free from the devil and curses and bondage, and we try to get people to be reconciled to God and to each other. For example, we may minister to a couple until that married couple reconcile to one another. It is our job to help sinners, or weak Christians, or backsliders, to reconcile to God. Sinners. Have been separated from God, and we want to bring sinners to God, and love Him and walk with Him by faith. We should get involved in the ministry that God called us to do. There are many different kinds of service in the body of Christ and in His church. We can do different ministry according to our calling, our gifts and talents. We're going to learn in detail later on, but. We are serving the same Lord. We are serving the same kingdom, and thank God we don't serve God by our own strength and our own ability. Thank God that He sent His Holy Spirit to be in us, to be over us, and anoint us and on us. And the Holy Spirit give us power and grace to us, so that by His power, by His grace, by His help. We can serve supernaturally, and we can bless the world, and we can be the blessing to the nation. All of us together are one in the body of Christ, and each one of us is a necessary part of the body of Christ. The Bible compare the body of Christ or the church as the body, thumb, index, middle finger, heart. Liver, kidney, eyes, ear, hairs, mouth, nose—we are the parts of the kingdom of God or the body of Christ, 
and each part should function, should know its responsibility, calling, and ministry. God wants to use us as a way to helping the entire church, to really blessing the entire church. God wants to use all of us to build up His body, the church, to evangelize, to make disciple, to help people to grow up spiritually. Therefore, we put our sleep up and we serve the Lord to help the non-believers to be saved. Yesterday, I spent two hours with a husband of my church member who does not know Jesus Christ. I spent time with him and taught him the book of Matthew so that he can study about the life of Jesus. I ministered to him. He is an unbeliever. And I try to help him. I answer many questions and try to help him to come to know the Lord, to bring salvation to his soul. And I pray that God will open his spiritual eyes to see the light of the gospel. So I minister to him by sharing the life of Jesus and also I pray for him every day. God wants to use every Christian to be a spiritual body builder. We should discover our God-given calling and we should find our own ministry. Why should we be interested in the ministry? Because it's the way to please God. And also we will find fruitfulness and fulfillment in our heart. I believe that the Lord spoke to you and the Lord will really use you. Why should we be interested in the ministry? Let me read some scripture to encourage you. Number one, because you have been created to do good work or for serving the Lord. Ephesians 2.10 For we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Many people ask themselves, Why was I born? Why am I here? The answer is, you are made to serve the Lord and to know Him. You are made by God for good works, for ministry. That is the first reason. We all were created to do good works, the ministry, the serving life toward God and other people. Number two, you have been saved. I hope you are a born-again Christian. You have been saved for ministry. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9, Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time. So God called us. God saved us. He put His power and His grace upon us so that we can serve Him, we can do the ministry. God plans for us to be saved and also to serve Him in a ministry. Every Christian is saved to serve. Number three, you have been not only created and saved for ministry, you also have been called into ministry. Everyone 
who enter into the kingdom of God has a calling, a unique calling for his or her life. Galatians chapter 1 verse 15. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb, and called me through His grace, called God called us through His grace. I know I don't deserve to be a pastor. I don't deserve to grab the microphone and preach the word of God. But by His grace, He calls me, even before I was born, and came into this world to be a pastor of a local church. First Peter two nine and ten. But you are chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. The Bible says in 1 Peter 2, 5, you also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. At the moment you were born again, when you gave your life to Jesus and became a born-again Christian, you also became a minister of the Lord Jesus Christ. You became a priest of the Lord. And you may say that I don't know who I am. I'm not who I think I am. But actually, you should know who you are. You should really know who God say you are. And out of that, you can serve the Lord. Your identity is who you are in Christ Jesus. And what kind of work or calling he has for you that is who you are and you are a minister of the lord jesus christ let this fact sink into your life and you will change your perspective on everything of your life you are a servant of god you are a priest of god you are unique god put unique gifts Blessing, knowledge, background, education, language, spiritual gifts, talents in you. And He created you to be who you are right now, to do what He called you to do, the good things He wants you to do. It is clearly taught in Scripture that when we become a Christian, we also become a minister of the Lord Jesus Christ. I understand not everybody is a pastor or an evangelist, but everybody is a minister to the Lord Jesus Christ. So that's number three. You are called to minister. You were saved to minister. You were also created to minister. Number four, you have been gifted for ministry. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. God gave us supernatural gifts from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit manifests through us so that we can do what He called us to do. 1 Peter 4, 10. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another 
as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Every Christian has at least one spiritual gift. We're going to learn in detail the spiritual gift or the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in this series. We have at least one gift, and we should use that gift, exercise that gift, develop that gift to minister to God and to other people. Number five, you have been authorized for ministry. God has given you power and grace and authority to minister. Matthew 28, 18-19. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So God gives you authority. He authorizes you through Jesus Christ to preach the gospel, to make disciples. You may not be a pastor like me, but you can make disciples by cooking good food, serving people, help them to know that God loves them and they will love to come to church. They can listen to the sermon, get prayed for, get trained. You serve in a different ministry to make disciples and to save souls. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20, Now then we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. My brothers and sisters, you were authorized and empowered and anointed to be Christ's ambassador on this planet Earth. An ambassador is someone who represents a king or a government. And the Bible says that you are an ambassador on this planet Earth for Jesus Christ. When somebody asks you, are you a minister of Jesus Christ? You can say, yes, I am. Without shame or lack of confidence, you can say, yes, I am a minister of Jesus Christ. If somebody asks you, who do you think you are? You can say, I have been authorized by Jesus Christ. I am his ambassador. It is not that you deserve to be an ambassador. It's not that you deserve to be a pastor, to be a worship leader, or to be the children program minister. No, you don't deserve it. I do not deserve to be a pastor or even to be a Christian. It's all about by the grace of God. The longer I walk with God, the more I know that, wow, everything that happened to my life, the ministry I have, my gift, the calling, the church that I minister, the church building that God gave to New Hope, the knowledge of the Bible, the understanding of the Bible, all these things I know now have come to me by the grace of God. And you and I have been authorized to minister to other people. Number six, you are commanded to minister. Matthew 20, 28. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Matthew 20, 28. Your attitude must be like my own. What is the attitude of Jesus? My own means Jesus' attitude to serve. He did not come into the world to be served, but to serve. For I, the Messiah, did not come to be served, but to serve. So God 
really commanded you to serve like him. Colossians chapter 4 verse 17 and say to Archippus, take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord that you may fulfill it. Jesus said, your attitude must be like my own. Jesus did not give us an option. He commanded us. We must have the same attitude. That is the attitude of serving others and doing the ministry that God the Father called him and called us to do. A non-ministering Christian is not obeying God. God expects every Christian, including you and me, to be like Jesus Christ. A secret of having a fulfilled life is to find the calling and the ministry that God made us to do. When you and I minister, we will find more fulfillment than we can find in other areas of life because that is what God made us to be. This is why I want to encourage all of you to find your calling and to serve the Lord according to the calling and the gifts and talents that God has put into your life. Another one, number seven, you have been prepared for ministry. Ephesians 4, 11 to 12. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Your pastor will be evaluated by God on how well he or she prepares you for the work of service. When you join the church, the church trained you to serve God. Lately, I asked young people in the church to go up and preach on Sunday now. And they began to run different ministry in the church. I tried to train people to get involved in the ministry. Number eight, the body of Christ needs your ministry. This body needs the work of my finger, the work of my nose, my ear, my lungs, and my heart. The body needs each part to function. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27, Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. All of us together are the one body of Christ. Each of us is a part of the body, and each of us is a separate and necessary part of the body. If we do not fulfill the calling, the ministry, or the responsibility as a part of the body, that God has given us, the body of Christ is cheated by us. We all are necessary parts of the body of Christ. If a Christian say, I do not want to serve this year, I need some time off. He cheats the body of Christ. This is like a liver say, I just want to be fed. I do not want to work or serve. The body will say, sorry, my dear liver, because you are part of me, you get to perform your function. When the liver does not do its function, the whole body gets cheated and hurt. People may call a pastor and say, I'm looking for a church where I can be fed and be served. The pastor should reply, that is fine, but this church is looking for members who can feed others and serve others. <laughs> Many people are in a church shopping mode, 
they are in the church shopping mode. They shop, shop, shop all the days of their life. They never commit to any local church. They keep shopping, and they never serve. They are consumers, pew warmers. They just want to be served, want to receive, to be fed, but they don't want to serve anybody. That is a wrong, unbiblical attitude, a lifestyle. Many Christians think that the church exists for them, take care of their children, for Sunday school. They come to sit, eat free dinner, free lunch, have nice coffee in the church, but they never discover their calling, and they never serve in the church. The Bible says that the church exists for the world. We are a part of the body of Christ. And we together exist for the world, to save the world, to minister to the world, to save souls and make disciple. Ministry always function in the context of the church family, local church. The local church is the instrument of God to reach to the world, to the society. Therefore, our ministry should be involved in the good local church that we belong to. Matthew 9. 36 to 37. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep, having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest truly is plentiful, but laborers are few. You see that Jesus tried to say, I'm looking for laborers. All these people in the world are lost right now. They don't know Jesus. They're going to hell. They don't have salvation. They are being tortured, oppressed, and taken advantage by the devil. I need laborers. That's what Jesus said. But laborers are few. God tried to say to you and me through this scripture that please respond to God by getting involved in building the church, in saving souls, in the great commission, make disciples, growing the kingdom of God, reaching out to the lost, reaching out to the hurt, reaching out to the sick and the broken. Help them. We need to serve. The ministry of believers is meant to be done through a local church and in the local church. Why? Because God gives the ministry to the body of Christ. The harvest is plentiful. A lot of people out there are ready to receive Christ. But we need more workers. Number nine, you are accountable for your ministry. You have to give report or your account to God one day. Romans chapter 14, verse 12. So then each of us shall give account of himself to God. One day, each and every one of us will stand before the judgment seat of Christ and give our account to him, what we do how we spend time, energy, money, and everything that we receive from God on this planet Earth. It is a sin not to use our gifts and talents to serve God and serve others. One day, we will give account of our abilities, talents, time, money, energy, opportunities that God has given to us at the judgment seat of Christ. And we will receive reward from Him according to what we have done why we are living on earth, and also what kind of attitude and motive we have. This lesson is very important. I want to prepare you for the final exam. That is you and I. 
going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. One day, God will ask you and me, what did you do with what was given to you? That's what happened in Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 to 30. God is going to ask us. Number 10, you will be rewarded for your ministry. For the ministry you do, you're going to be rewarded. Colossians chapter 3, 23 to 24. And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Christ. You will be rewarded. Thank God. You don't serve God for free. He's going to reward you one day. You may not get anything from human beings, but God will reward you on earth and in eternity. Matthew 25, 23, His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. My brother and sister, this is a good news. You and I will be rewarded in heaven on the basis of our ministry. And He will reward us on earth as well. He will take care of us, provide for us, protect us, heal us, and give us so much goodness and grace and favor. Therefore, it is very important for us as believers to discover our calling. And we respond to our calling by getting involved in the ministry that fit with our calling, gifts, talents, and personality. May the Lord bless you. I hope that this lesson inspired you to respond to God, to respond to the Word of God. You're going to study this series of teaching in detail, and you will do what God says, and you're going to discover your calling, and you will get involved in a ministry that God has for you in a unique way. God bless you. Father, we thank you, Lord, for teaching us. We pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit will reveal to my brothers and sisters their calling, their ministry, their gifts and talents. And Lord, by your Holy Spirit, the grace shall abound in their life and they shall walk into the place, the door, through the door, into the place where you want them to be and to serve and to be fruitful and fulfilled in the name of Yeshua Hamachik. Amen. Thank you. God bless you. I will see you in the next teaching. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.NewHopeInternationalChurch.com. I'm so thirsty.